Hello everyone, it's Chris from the In The Saddle podcast, and I've got a friend this week. Where have you been? Hi Chris, yeah, I'm back. I'm still in lockdown, but you can still virtually be friends with me. It's good to be back. Um, been impressed with all the content you've been knocking out, and obviously we've got a special guest on today. Yeah, that's right. We uh, spoke to uh, Simone Sears, Director of Race and Welfare. You might have seen him uh, doing the furlong factor. Have you uh, been tempted to have a go at a bit of singing there, Marcus? Singing is not one of my forties. No, um, not five hundred like miles. To... Maybe. Well, to be fair, when Hibs won the Scottish Cup, I did. I did sing it. Um, the vocals were were certainly used that day. Um, but maybe next year. Yeah, yeah, maybe for twenty twenty one, you could do the furlong factor. But yeah, we spoke to um, Simone Sears, director of Race and Welfare, to find out a little bit more about uh, the charity and the services they provide. It was a really good chat, getting to know what they're all about. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. But uh, before we hand over, just don't forget to uh, follow us uh, on our podcast platforms of SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, whatever one you listen to. Please give us a follow and you won't miss an episode. But yeah, I'll leave you with uh, me and Marcus and Simone. For this podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Simone Sears, who's the Director of Race and Welfare. Thanks for coming on, Simone. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, I think one of the first questions I'd like to ask you, before this COVID-19 epidemic, I actually wasn't aware of yourselves, but um, how long have you actually been gone for and um, whereabouts are you exactly based? So Race and Welfare, as, as it's known today, um, has been in operation since 2000. Um, prior to that, um, there was lots of different charities and, and in 2000, they all merged to form what is known today as Race and Welfare. Um, where we're based is we're a national charity. So we cover, you know, cover the whole of the UK. Um, we've got headquarters, really, if, if you like, um, in Newmarket, where a lot of our um, teams, you know, our support services um, run from. But we've got our welfare officers that are based around around the country. Some work from home um, and others are in our regional offices, which are in Lambourne, Moulton and Midland. But from, you know, from right down in the West Country, right up to Scotland. So it sounds like you've got quite a lot of different uh, hubs all around the country. Um, but what is the main, essentially the main purpose of race and welfare? What is, what do you set out to, to do for people? So the main purpose of race and welfare really is to support um, the health and well-being of everybody that works or who's formerly worked in the British horse racing and breeding industry. That, you know, that's what we're here for. Just as an example, Simone, um, who do you actually support within the racing industry? Like just like grooms, for example, is it, I think it's very extensive. How far does it's, the reach go? The the reach it's it's it is does go very far. Um, so it is anybody anybody that works or is connected to the horse racing and breeding industry. So that can be um, obviously predominantly a lot of stable staff, um, but stud staff racehorse staff um racehorse trainers as well we're here for racehorse trainers um absolutely anybody some of the farriers that work in, in the industry box drivers 
you know, as long as a job that somebody does is connected to the horse racing and breeding industry, then then we will be here for them. Um, and in addition to that, we are here for those people's close um, dependents as well. So close family members of those people as well. And to sort of follow up to that, see within the racing professional organisations, do you have any official links that help you out, like funding, for example? We are wholly a charitably funded organisation. So we're, we're not actually directly funded from the industry. Um, so we have to raise funds. We we have um, people that do support us, obviously, from, you know, who are within the industry, but, but all of our funding, you know, is raised. And um, uh, moving on from the organisations you work with, um, what kind of support do you deal with? Are you there emotionally for people? Are you able to provide them with emotional support, financial, or maybe if someone's a bit concerned that they're not working in a safe environment, might you be able to offer them some guidance and some help? What kind of um, other services do you provide? We work across a broad spectrum and range of, of life issues, really. Anything that will impact on somebody's health and well-being. So some typical examples of where we support people, issues we support with are around, you know, physical health issues are, are the biggest reason that people um, come to us for help and support. Um, that would include things like accident and injury support. Um, we run an occupational health scheme to help with that. Um, in, closely interlinked with that, of course, will be mental health support as well. Um, financial assistance, so anything to do with, you know, with finances, worries about money, we help and support with that and we can give financial assistance to people as well. Um, and then really it, it is um, prevention of loneliness and isolation and a lot of community work as well. So a really broad spectrum. And I, and I guess what we say to people really is if, if something's impacting on you, if something's worrying you, um, you know, to get in touch with us. And, you know, if, if it's not something that we can help with directly, we'll know someone that can. See, someone, see, obviously in these crazy times at the moment, have you found yourselves more in demand during the COVID-19 period in comparison to before? Has it been a massive sort of uplifting sort it's of been, yeah, there's been a really big uplift in demand for our services. So we, uh, to give you a bit of an example, um, last year we hit really record numbers of the numbers of people that we supported, which was just over two and a half thousand. Already this year, we've supported 3,000, just over 3,000 people. Um, and 2,250 of those people, that's been directly in relation to the outbreak of COVID-19. So, so yes is the answer to that question yeah big surge in demand so what are the issues that people have been coming to you with is it been financial worries or are people maybe struggling with their mental health racing is a big part of their life and without it in this country people have been struggling what kind of issues uh, have you been dealing with primarily it's been around um, finances so financial worries that's been the main purpose so um and, and obviously, when people are worried about their finances, and, and we know that there's a huge, um, you know, strain on our emotional well-being as well around that, and a lot of anxiety around financial worries. So that's been the main main reason. But it, obviously, in connection to something changing in their employment, like you know, being laid off or or being furloughed, so a whole range. And it, and sometimes it's just around um, feeling anxious or uncertain, you know, about being off sick, for example. 
the only thing that we don't um, that we don't directly um, uh, support people with because that um, there's another organisation that does is is around you know issues between employees and employers that obviously um, people will will help them get in touch with the National Association of Race and stuff so they will deal with you know direct employment issues but we're here to support people if there's any you know any real fallout and, at all or, you know around that and during this time you've probably had a bit more um, recognition for the work you do because you linked up didn't you with a variety of different uh, organizations within the industry to help promote something called the furlong factor how did it all come about well it was um it was an idea really that that um we we just mentioned um a few of us on the senior management team we'd seen um uh, Deirdre and Angus Johnson um, with their videos, you know, playing guitars and singing and cheering us all up, um, and we thought how brilliant that was. And we have a um, a little WhatsApp group, and we kind of just uh, was started as a bit of a you know just a small idea really, saying, oh, wouldn't it be fantastic if we um, could do a singing competition or you know a, a concert or something like Live Aid, you know, for racing. And um, Gemma Waterhouse, who's our chief operating officer, she she went, I know exactly what what we could do. Um, we could do something like an X Factor style um, competition. And you know, credit to, to Gemma and and the team that worked on it. They 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 took it and ran with it. And yeah, it's been a huge success. And and what success on? And what do you think about the variety of people you had entered? Um, you had everyone, didn't you, from jockeys to people that even work at the racecourse offices. Do you think that maybe has given more recognition to people that work in racing, that it's not just all about the big names that you might follow in the racing media, like the trainers, the owners, the jockeys. There's more racing, is, there's lots of people connected in racing. Do you think it's helped maybe broaden people's perspective to the sport? Oh, I do. It is absolutely phenomenal that, you know, the people who entered, and I think, um, Gemma said initially that she would have been happy with 20 entries and she had 80, 80 people entered and as you say from right across the industry it it was astounding to see you know the, the variety of people who entered and you know the sheer talent that exists <laughs> I mean I was completely blown away but but what was so great was the opportunity I think to connect for, for people to connect with each other around that competition but also for people to connect with race and welfare um to know more about what what we do and absolutely agree with what you say about you know getting that message out there that you know of the diversity of the roles that are in racing and you know and also that we're here for all of those people it's definitely a, a positive experience for all and a sort of health morale um, and obviously everyone sort of got exposure and it could bring new people into the sport and again it just goes back to everything being positive um yes. i was going to ask are you able to give us anything on air a little, a little tip of what your next plan is uh the next thing you've got lined up uh, what, around the furlong fact around furlong yeah. factor. <laughs> well, what's, what's your next idea well um interestingly i did see um a tweet it was, i think it was a tweet from um i think it was stuart williams that was the first person to say um i've got somebody for the furlong factor next year <laughs> and and if i'm absolutely honest it all happened very very quickly um we hadn't thought about whether it would go next year but quite a few people have um 
called it furlong factor 2020 which to me would suggest that people would quite like a furlong factor 2021 so um what i can say is that we're you know we're discussing it so yeah it would be lovely wouldn't it it would be lovely (laughs) and exposure as well kind of put racing in a positive light absolutely yeah and during the campaign of the furlong factor uh, people were donating weren't they they were donating money uh, to the charity How, how did that How's that gone down? Did you get to the target that you wanted to? Um, well, actually, I can tell you the great news that there's been a press release that's gone out today. Um, we hit the target and have gone slightly over that. So um, I think just over 51,000 um, at the moment, which was towards our emergency appeal. Um, so we had a target of 50,000 and just a massive thank you you know, to everyone that, that got involved and donated and supported it because it really has helped and it will help us continue social media social media has been very very good and um, just for sort of getting improving your reach um, yeah. and obviously i keep an eye on it every day as well <laughs> i think it's a great page so whoever runs that page just keep doing what you're doing they're a great team thank you yeah and we've had a lot lot um a lot of people that have you know new people that have engaged and, and followed us so that's fantastic and do you think with these public uh, campaigns that you've been linked with, uh, such as the furlong factor, really raised your profile and people that maybe even worked in the industry that may have needed your help um, have now been aware of your presence because maybe they weren't aware before. So do you think these these big campaigns where everyone can see them is so important for you? Definitely. I mean, this has, this has, this has shown us, you know, just that. Um, and it's really, really important that we that we show that we are here, and I think that people know who we are, um, because it's not all of always all about prices. It's you know about being a, a, a friend and friendly faces at you know at the right time, and it's about preventative services. And I think very much you know looking forward to the future. You know we are, we are all the time reviewing and developing you know what we offer and how we can help people and and very much our focus is around prevention before things get to a crisis so you know that raising awareness piece is is absolutely vital for that simone as well have you got any other additional plans for when racing resumes or is it just business as usual or well definitely you know business as usual carrying on offering all the services that we do i mean we, we run a workforce wellbeing program, which I say has occupational health. Um, you know, a lot of people probably don't realize that they can access, um, you know, a clinical assessment with an occupational health nurse and that there's funded treatment available um, through that. So that's just to support health and wellbeing in the workplace. We've got a careers service. We've got plans for mental health services. Next week is mental health awareness week. And that's, um, campaign run by the Mental Health Foundation, but which Racing Welfare have always supported on behalf of the racing industry. So there's a big week next week. Um, it's never really, I mean, it's always as business as usual for us, but we, you know, we're always um, proactively looking to change and develop and improve everything that we that we offer. So, so lots of plans really going forward um, to continue to support the workforce. Do you know, just you mentioned the mental health awareness, maybe, for example, in this sort of pandemic room just now, sort of outlining the importance of it. So moving forward, more people will take it seriously and 
people are you know more aware of it um see there is a silver link to everyone so it's a positive to look at and do you think because we're living in uncertain times that makes your life a little bit harder when it comes to planning when you're trying to help people well at the, you know we're we're here we've remained here all the way through it, it is it is a very uncertain time but but the one thing i guess that we are certain about is is our purpose and you know we will keep delivering on that purpose for as long as we possibly can you know our financial situation looks uncertain as does that of many charities um but i think that's right across all industries as well so so for us it, yeah it, it's an uncertain time but but we're certain of our purpose so we need to carry on so if there's anyone uh, currently listening to this podcast that works in the racing industry and they're in a difficult spot at the moment and they need some help from someone what is the best way that they could get in touch with you if they need that help? So we have um, a 24-7 support line, which is called Racing Support Line. That's open 365 days a year. Um, the telephone number for that is 0800 6300443. Um, and so that's that's a great way to get in touch with us because I, you, know, you can ring any time, any day, um, and someone will answer. And if, if our call handlers are, bu- are busy, then that you can leave a message or ask for a ring back. Um, otherwise, we've got live chat. So you can live chat um, through our website as well. And all of our contact details are on the website for our regional office numbers. Uh, so lots of, lots of ways to get in touch uh, that's, that's, on the website. That's really great. So I do urge if there is anyone out there find themselves in a difficult spot that works in the racing industry get in contact with these guys and i'm sure they'll give you a hand but um that's all we've got time for uh in this podcast uh thanks for coming on simone really appreciate it and hopefully uh, we'll be chatting with you again in the future yeah thanks very much thank you for more podcasts please subscribe to our apple spotify soundcloud and podbean accounts you can also as well follow us on social media. We're on Twitter using our handle at In The Saddle Pod and we're now available on Instagram where our name is In The Saddle Global.